How are we doing, Parkview? Good to see you today. I'm glad you made the choice to be here uh, this weekend, and we are going to continue this uh, series called Really. And uh, before we do that, uh, I just thought it would be important, and the team around here at Parkview uh, thought it would be important to just uh, consider for a moment uh, just uh, a lot of things that are on our hearts, I think. We, we've been through, as a nation, uh, a lot in the last few days. Somebody say Amen. Uh, it's been kind of a crazy week in our country, and maybe some of us are celebrating and some are protesting, and there's uh, some who are full of excitement and some who are, you know, just full of uh, uh, just hurt and, and just kind of trying to process what's going on. And uh, so we've been thinking about how to metabolize that as a community. And I want you to know that uh, Pastor Tim will be back next weekend and is going to be weaving some of this into uh, the message in, in our series. Uh, but we figured today maybe one of the best things we could do as we gathered up together on the weekend is we could spend some time in prayer and just repositioning and pointing ourselves back to God and His perspective and, and putting our hope and trust in Him. And so that's what I'm going to do. I want to lead us in just a time of prayer here today for ourselves, for our neighbors, for our community, uh, for our nation. Uh, but before I do that, uh, Tim also found a really uh, poignant video. Uh, a guy named Ernie Johnson. Maybe you've seen this floating around the last few days. Uh, Ernie is actually a sportscaster on television. If you watch any sports at all, he's on TNT. And he just had some really good things to say, uh, we feel like, about uh, our lives and uh, where our hope and trust should be. So take a few moments and watch this short video and these words from Ernie, and then I'm going to lead us in a time of prayer, and then we'll dive into our study today. Okay? Take a look at this. When this campaign season started, I, I felt like I'd been dealt a bad hand. Um, I had these couple of choices. And there were trust issues with Hillary Clinton I couldn't get past. And there was this inflammatory rhetoric from Donald Trump, which to me was incomprehensible and indefensible. I couldn't vote for either one. For the first time in going to the polls for 42 years, I hit the write-in button, and I voted for John Kasich. And I left knowing that John Kasich wasn't going to win, but I left with a clear conscience because I hadn't settled. Number two, I'm hopeful. I watched the video today at CNN on what was going on at the White House with Donald Trump, President Obama. I was hopeful and I was encouraged that there will be a difference between the President Trump and the campaigning Trump. And I'm with these guys. We have to give them a chance. But here's the deal. I just hope that he's all in, in, uh, in fixing the wounds in this country and the divides that separate this country. And I want to be part of that too. And for me to be part of it, I have to look in the mirror and I have to say, how am I going to be a better man? How am I going to be a better neighbor? How am I going to be a better citizen? How am I going to be a better American? How can I be a fountain and not a drain? And number three, I know you're not supposed to talk about politics and religion, but we're already talking about politics, and so I'm going to go the R direction, too. I never know from one election to the next who's going to be in the Oval Office, but I always know who's on the throne. And I'm on this earth because God created me, and that's who I answer to. I'm a Christian. I follow this guy named Jesus. You might have heard of him. And the greatest commandment he gave me was to love others. And Scripture also tells us to pray for our leaders. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray for Donald Trump. I'm going to pray for all those people right now who feel like they're on the outside looking in, who are afraid at this point. Pray for them too. 
In short, I'm praying for America. And I'm praying that one day we're going to look back and we're going to say, you know what? That Donald Trump presidency, that was all right. <laughs> but I'm praying. Isn't that good? It's good. Some good, wise words. So let's go together in prayer today, Parkview. God, thanks for today and just letting us gather up here and giving us energy and health uh, to be able to be at a place like this and to sing and to study your word and just be refreshed to your perspective in, in our lives and in this world. God, we, we feel like we've been through a lot this week as human beings and uh, a lot of emotion, ups and downs, a lot of just uh, people feeling a lot of different things, hurt, pain, excitement. And uh, God, I know probably from your perspective, it, it, uh, it looks very different than ours. God, it's good to know that you're not surprised. It's good to know that you're not worried. It's good to know, God, that, that you just continue not only in the United States, but all around the world, you just keep carrying out your plan uh, for your world and for your people. And so, God, we do put our trust in you, in your son, Jesus. We know that there's not any perfect commander-in-chief, but we do have a perfect king. His name is Jesus, your son. And so, God, we, we focus on him. You, you tell us in Hebrews to fix our eyes on him, on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, he scorned its shame, and now, God, he sets right at your right hand. And so we put our trust in that, we put our hope in that, and we ask, God, that you would help us to be the kind of people in the coming days and coming weeks and coming months that we need to be, that we would be loving and that we would continue to point people to you during seasons like this. God, thanks for Parkview and thanks for the time we get to study today. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone says, amen, amen. Well, today uh, we are continuing on the series. It's just the second week of this series called Really. Everybody say Really. Really. Uh, that's the series that we're in, and this is our topic today, how to love your bank account. And that really doesn't sound difficult to love your bank account or to prize your bank account or something like that. But when you add the tagline to it without making more money, that really sounds more difficult. And the only way, Parkview, that we're going to get around this study, and the only way that any of us are really going to be able to love our bank account and, and be happy and content with our bank account without making more money or, or dumping tons more money into it is to have a change of perspective. To begin to view our bank account, our resources, our stuff, in a new, fresh way. And if you were around last week when Pastor Tim started out this series, he spent a lot of time in the beginning talking about perspectives and how there's all different kinds of perspectives in our world, especially around the election time. There's people who have certain perspectives of Donald, people who have different perspectives of Hillary, and even around all the issues, people who have different perspectives on uh, taxes or the economy or immigration or even issues where a lot of folks would say, wow, there should really only be one perspective, right? Maybe on issues like abortion or something like that. Even with that, there's all kinds of perspectives. Different people think different things about all of those issues. And the, the question is, why is that? How are there all those different thoughts on these individual types of issues? And, and the way that happens is that all people come at things from different angles, they have a different way they view things, a different lens that they look at things through. 
But how many of you know this? For those of us who gather at Parkview on any of our campuses, for those who are following after Jesus, trying to pattern our lives after him and live in a Christian way, how many of you know that the Bible is supposed to be our perspective? Amen? What we do is we take all of our life, the things we believe, the way we live, the way we look at this world, and we try and use the Bible as our lens. We look through the Bible at all of these different issues, and then we try and live in that way. And so today, I want to try and give us a biblical view, God's view of our bank account and, and what our bank account, our stuff, our resources look like to God. And in order to do that, to get into that study, I'm going to need to tell you a story from my life. I think it'll help frame it up. It's a true event that happened in my life uh, back several years ago. And, and when this event happened, it changed everything for me. It completely changed my perspective on my stuff, my bank account, my resources, the things that God has given to me. And I think it'll help, again, frame this up. So here's what happened. Several years ago, uh, I'm sitting at the church I was leading in Southern California at that point, Discovery Church. And I got a call from one of the guys in our church. His name is Eric. And Eric says, hey, Todd, I just want to let you know that over the last six or seven weeks, my family has bought a beach house in Ventura County, right on the ocean in Ventura. And I just wanted to let you know that because my family would like to make this beach house available to you and your family whenever you would want to use it. And then he paused for a moment on the phone and he said this, I was just calling and wondering if that is something that you would be interested in. That's what he says. And I'm on the phone and I'm thinking, well, Eric, uh, l let me pray about that for a minute. Yes, that is something that we would be interested in. And so here's what he says. He says, okay, this weekend when I come to church, I'm going to bring you a key to the beach house. And at, at that point, we had three services on Sunday mornings at Discovery. And I love to preach. I get amped up to preach. But I want to let you know something, Parkview. On that weekend, preaching was secondary, okay? I was, just, I was getting through the sermons because I knew he was bringing me a key to the beach house. And so I'd preach a sermon, and then I'm looking for Eric all around in the lobby and stuff like that. Finally, after the last service, he gets me the key to the beach house. He gives me the key, and I'm thinking, this is fantastic. And he says, hey, just a few things about the beach house. First of all, we want you to just love it. We want you to just enjoy it. We want, we want you to treat it like it's yours, and I want you to know that over the next four years or so, we, we did that. I would go there regularly during the week, and, and I would pray and write messages. It was only about 30 minutes from my office there at the church. It was fantastic. We would take our family there on the, on the weekends, and we would use their boogie boards, and we would use their bikes, and, and we would use their ping pong table in, in their garage. We, we would eat their food, okay? <laughs> We would, and, and here's what Eric would say. When, when he knew we were headed there, he would ask what kind of food we like and what we wanted to stock. He would stock the house for us, and we would eat his food. It was unbelievable. About three or four months into it, Eric comes up to me one, one time, one weekend, and says, hey, you know, I know you guys are enjoying the beach house. That's so awesome. We're so glad. Here's what I also wanted to say to you. If you, if you have anyone else that you would like to kind of invite into this thing and, and, and give this key to, I want you to know you, you can do that. We're okay with that. And I'm thinking, are you serious? You're going to let me give the key to other, you, you know me, but you're going to let me give the key or let people use this house that you don't even know. And, and so over the next uh, several years we did, we had a lot of staff meetings there, a lot of staff retreats there. There were several times there were people in the congregation or people I knew who didn't have the resources for a great vacation, so we would let them go and, and use that. It was just, it was, it was amazing. 
Fast forward, you know, three, four years or so, and uh, Eric calls me again and says, hey, you know, can we set up a coffee? I want to talk to you again. And I'm like, well, of course, Eric, you know, we can talk whenever you want to talk. And, and, and so we set up, and it was a couple days, you know, from the time that we got the call. And so, you know, I'm thinking the whole time, you know, well, Eric, you know, he's, he's, he's probably got another key. You know, he's probably got another house and, you know, in Colorado or something, wants to give me a house. And, you know, or, or, or maybe he's getting a new car. Maybe he wants to give me his car. Maybe he's giving me his car. That, that's, what, that's, that's probably what he's doing. He's probably giving me his car. And so I was fired up for this. And so we, we get to this coffee, you know, and stuff, and, and here's what he says, basically, he says, here's the deal, Todd, we're, uh, we're, we're selling the house, we're gonna, we're gonna sell the house, I know, I felt the same way, and, and uh, he says, I'm gonna need, I'm gonna need the key back, and, uh, and, and, and so what, what did I do at that point, well, I'll tell you what I, I, I didn't do, I didn't say, well, <laughs> Eric, I don't think so, because <laughs> we hadn't talked about this, kind of our house, right, and I, no, 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 listen, I gave him back the key, Right? I, I, it's his place. He sacrificed for it. He bought it. He'd been generous to me, and so I gave him back the key. And here's why I tell you this whole story. I take time to tell you this story about uh, my relationship with Eric because I think it says a lot about our story and our relationship with God. I think in a very similar way, we have a similar arrangement with God. Each and every one of us does. Somehow God up in heaven says, I'm going to give each of you some of my resources, I'm going to take stuff from my heavenly bank account and I'm going to put it in your earthly bank account. But I'm going to do that based upon several conditions. And the conditions that God gives us and our resources are very similar to the conditions in the arrangement that I had with Eric and the beach house. So if you're taking some notes today, here's some of the conditions. Here's some of the perspective I think God has on our resources and wants us to have as well. First of all is that we would enjoy what God has given Enjoy what God has given to you. Whatever he has blessed you with, enjoy that. Don't, don't let your blessings become a burden. Don't feel bad about those blessings and those things that God has poured into your life. Look at this verse in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 17. Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant or to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. God loves to see us, his children, enjoying stuff. God wants to give us stuff so that we can enjoy. Now, how many of you know that we didn't invent stuff, right? God invented stuff, and he loves to see us enjoying the things we have. So if you head out of here, you have a nice car, or you go to a, a, a great home or condo or townhouse or whatever. You have a boat or an RV or, or a computer or clothes or Xbox or, or, or a beach house or uh, you know mountain house or lake house, whatever it is. I think God wants us to enjoy those things that he's given to us. But here's what kind of hits at the heart of our uh, study today. There's, unfortunately, there's a lot of times in my life, and it would probably be the same for many of you, that I actually don't enjoy the blessings of God I get busy doing all kinds of other things or looking at other things and I can't enjoy the blessings of God in my life and I think a lot of times the reason we can't enjoy stuff is because we don't think we have enough stuff if I just had more stuff then I could enjoy it if I just I my bank account's decent but if I had more in my bank account then then I then I would be good then I would enjoy it and so we always want just that little bit more. Did you know, Parkview, that if you make $32,000 a year, that you are in the top 1% of 
of all wage earners in the world. $32,000 a year puts you in the top 1% of the world. There's this cool website uh, called theglobalrichlist.com. And what you can do is you can go to this website and, and you can punch in your salary and it'll show you where you stack up based on the rest of the world, not just our city or our country, but the world. And, and, and I've done this. It's, it's kind of frightening to see like where you stand. It, it's humbling for sure. And, and I'm just going to go ahead and tell you that if you do this later on today, I'm going to go ahead and predict to you what it's going to tell you. It's going to tell you that you're rich. That's what it's going to tell you. It's going to tell you you're blessed. How many of you know that if you live here, we're here in Parkview in the Chicagoland area, how many of you know we are blessed? Amen? We, we just are. And, and yeah, amen. God has blessed us in incredible ways in this country, in this nation, in this city. And, and, and here's, here's the thing. From God's perspective, from heaven's higher perspective, when we look at our money, our bank account, our stuff, we are rich. We are blessed. But here's the thing. The reason I think a lot of times... I don't feel rich. I don't feel like I can enjoy all of the things that God has given me to enjoy is because it's never been so easy to compare what I have to what someone else has. We live in a world where it's so easy to compare. And listen, I love Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, social media. I love all that stuff. I'm, I'm on that. I've connected with many of you. But guess what? Social media is part of the issue. In our world, when it comes to loving or being content with our bank account and, and all of that sort of thing. Let me just kind of put this into uh, perspective. Ha have you ever been just fine with your vacation until you go on Facebook and see pictures of someone else's vacation? <laughs> have you ever been just fine, yo? We get to go to Florida for, for seven days. And then you see your friends who are in Hawaii for ten. And you're thinking, oh, that's great. You know, must be nice, right? You ever been just perfectly content with your car until you see your friend posting pictures on Instagram about their car or their boat or their RV or something like that? It happens, I think, on a regular basis in our world. And this is kind of a new thing that makes us not be content or love our bank account unless we have more like someone else. Or maybe it's not just social media. Maybe it's in real life. Maybe you as a couple have been invited over to some friend's house. You know, they want you to come over and have dinner and you've been trying to figure it out for several months and, and you just haven't been able to because you have a busy schedule and but, you, you know, you finally make that night, and you're going over there on a Friday night, and, and, and even driving over there, you're so happy with your life, you're happy, you know, with your family, your house, all those sorts of things. Even walking up to the front door, you're happy, everything is good. But has this ever happened to you? As soon as you walk into some friend's house, you haven't been there a while, as soon as you walk into the house, all of a sudden it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And, and you start to walk through the, the foyer area into the kitchen. Ladies, you walk, ladies, this, does this ever happen to you, ladies? You walk into that other lady's kitchen, and you're like, whoa, that's got, she's got, she got white cabinets. I got, I got brown. My, my cabinets are brown still. And the white cabinets, white cabinets. I need the white cabinets. And, and she got, I got, I got right? Is that what you say I'm saying? I got, I, I, I got, I got granite. I mean, I, I love granite, but, but, but she didn't have granite. She, she has quartz, right? And how many of you know, I mean, quartz is where it's going, right? Granite's cool, but quartz is where it's all, all going. And, and so you're looking at that going, wow, that's, that, that's pretty fantastic. And, you know, guys, you know, are looking at that and the ladies in the kitchen going, wow, come on, seriously, that's so petty, you know, seriously. And, and we walk by the living room, we see the TV and we're like, that, that's, a, that, that, that's a 70, that's a 70. I got a, I got a 60. So, and then, and then, you know, we start doing that and we're thinking about our house and 
you know, how we love our backyard and we want to go home to that tonight, you know, and we get, you know, we sit on our patio on our deck and we have a little hot tub, 110 plugged in, and it's great and fantastic. And, and we go out in this guy's backyard and this guy's backyard, he, he has levels of backyard. He has decks and <laughs> fire pits and he doesn't have a 110. He's got a 220 hot tub plugged in. It's got a waterfall and LED lighting and stereo system in the hot tub. And, 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 and you know what happens? That dinner costs you $46,000 is what happens sometimes. Isn't that right? Has this ever happened to you? It does. It does, and what happens is, is we start competing with the Joneses. We start competing with the Joneses, and, and whenever you and I start competing uh, with the Joneses, and, and just about the time we catch up with them in our society today, you know what happens? You know what the Joneses do? They refinance. They refinance, and they, and they buy more stuff, and they post more pictures online, and, 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 it, and it causes a problem for us. And so here's what I would say to you today, Parkview. What if I could tell you how to stop competing with the Joneses? how to save yourself all kinds of just worry and hassle and all kinds of money. What if I could tell you today how you can love your bank account without making any more money? Would you be interested in that? <clears throat> here's, here's, here's the way you do it. You just go home today. When you head home from church today, you go home, and as you pull your car into the drive, don't go on into the house. You come back out into your driveway, and you just look over at your neighbor, and you just declare your neighbor the winner. I mean, out loud, you just declare them uh, the winner. I mean, literally, you, you don't go into the house, you park your car, you go back out into your driveway, you go out onto the sidewalk, and you just look over at your neighbors, and you just say this, you win, you win. And, and, and you say, you win the car game? I'm not even gonna stay in the car game. You win the car game. I don't need a new Jeep, okay? You, you get, just keep getting new Jeeps. I'm just, I, I, you win the car game. You, you, win, you win the boat game. You win the RV game. You win the landscape game. You already won it. You won the landscape game. You win the riding lawnmower game. I'm, gonna, I'm out of the riding lawnmower game. You win the riding lawnmower. And I bring all of this up, part of you, because how many of you know if it hasn't started in your neighborhood yet, it's coming. You know what's coming in just the next few days, the next few weeks? The Christmas light contest game is coming. <laughs> Right? It's coming to all of our neighborhoods. And so you just look at them and you say, guess what? You win. You win the Christmas light contest game. Take your victory lap because you have won. And you know what? You, you can save yourself tens of thousands of dollars by just saying you win to your neighbor, your brother, your sister, your coworker, whoever it is you're competing with. And then you and I just don't even enter that competition. In the Bible, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, it says this. Don't be obsessed with getting more material things. Be relaxed with what you have. In other words, that, that mindset that God would want us to have is to be content with our content. Be content with our content. And that's not about having more or having less. That's about a mindset, a, a perspective that we would enjoy what we have. Maybe a way to write it down like this if you're taking notes. Learn to celebrate rather than compete with the blessings of others. That's a huge lesson. We could do a whole message on that. Learn to celebrate the blessings of others rather than compete with the blessings of others. Enjoy what God has given you, that he's chosen to send some things your way, but don't compete with other people's things or bank accounts, stuff like that, as much as possible. I know it's difficult, but just enjoy what he's given to you. That's what God wants us to do. That's the first condition. The second thing that God would put on the resources he gives us, the second condition would be that we share, that we share what God has given. Remember with Eric, you know, he said to me, I want you to have this key to the beach house. I want you to enjoy it. Absolutely treat it like it's your own. But then he also came along and said, hey, if you know anyone else who could benefit from this, then, then share it. Just let them, let them use it. And that 
attitude that Eric had, I think, is the same attitude that God wants to instill in all of us concerning the things that we have. Look at this section of Scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, starting in verse 6. Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give, and do not give reluctantly or in response to pressure. That's important. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Verse 8, and God will generously provide all you need, and then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. Here's the question, Parkview. Why do we have plenty left over? Now, I know it's not all the time. There's seasons, right? Sometimes you feel like you're tight, and sometimes you feel like you have some left over. But when you and I have plenty left over, why do we have plenty left over? It, it says so we can share with others. Then you'll have plenty left over so you can share with others. In fact, maybe you would want to write it down and say it like this. If God has given you more than you need, it's not your needs he has in mind. Oftentimes, if God has blessed you, if he has showered you, if, if you have just a little more than, than you need in your life this month, this year, it's probably not your needs that God has in mind. And I know this is difficult. I know this is a new mindset. This is a challenging perspective, and, and it's, it's not easy a, a lot of times and, and, and to, to share what, what God has shared with us and just to kind of illuminate our mindset concerning sharing and that sort of thing. Uh, I want to do something real quick, just to, again, kind of really drill down into this new perspective with our stuff. Here's what I want to do for just the next few minutes, and I want to play a game with, with all of us. And don't worry, you're not going to have to stand up or run around or do anything like that. It's, and here, here's what the game is called. The game is called, Would You Loan It? Would You Loan It? Okay? And it's, it's, it's probably a game you probably haven't played before. I doubt if hardly any of you have played it before, mostly because I'm, I've just created it recently. And so it's just new. It's a new game. Um, but I want to play it with you. It's would you loan it? And it'll, again, help us just get a new mindset recalibrated to the way God views our stuff in our bank account. So let's start out with this. Let's start out with students. Students, let's say this Christmas season you get one of these, a hoverboard. And, and some of your friends, elementary school, junior high, high school students, some of your friends have gotten these in the past, maybe last year, and you didn't get one, but you get one this year. You weren't expecting it, and, and you're fired up, and so you're going out, you know, uh, on, on Christmas Day, the next day, out on the sidewalk, and, and, you know, it's freezing cold, but you're out on the street, and you're riding this thing around. And, and one of your friends who lives near you sees you riding around on this, students. And a few days later, they come up to you on Christmas break, and they say, hey, I had a question about your hoverboard. Um, my family is getting ready to go to Texas for New Year's because that's where all, all the cousins live. And so we're going to drive down to Texas, and almost all my cousins got one of these. And, and so here, here's what I was wondering. I just wanted to ask you, do you think there's any way I could, I could borrow your hoverboard? Could I, could I take it with us to Texas so that I can ride the hoverboard around with, with my friends in Texas? Now let me ask you something, students. I, there's lots of students around here uh, this weekend. Would you loan it? Would you loan it? You don't have to answer that out loud, but would you loan it? Would you give it to your friend to take with them to Texas? Ladies, what, what about you? We don't want to leave uh, ladies out here. Let, let's just say this, ladies, for leading up to this Thanksgiving, this Christmas season, you've been walking around downtown Chicago, Michigan Avenue, uh, with your, uh, your husband, with your boyfriend, with your fiance, and you've been looking at all the window shopping. And ladies, here's what you've done. You've seen one of these. It's a Louis Vuitton handbag. 
And, and this, by the way, is, is, it, this is the large handbag, okay? This is the big one. It's, it's not the small one. It's, it's very different. The large is very important to know. And it's, it's, it's also from the Delightful Collection, okay? Not, not, not that I should know that, but I, I, I do. I've heard. It's the Delightful Collection. And it's, it's again, remember, it's the big one. It's, and, and so let's say you've just been thinking about this, and, and, and all of a sudden, on, on Christmas, you get this. You, you, you receive this handbag on Christmas, and, and you are so excited because you've been wanting it, you've been thinking about it, and so for like all of January, you know, like, like you just carry it around everywhere. It, it's amazing because it just, you know, it goes with all your outfits. It's fantastic, and, and, and it's, it's, again, it's the big size, and so you're so excited about this, and, and let's say you wear all January, you get into February, and, and one of the uh, people you're working with, one of the girls you're working with comes up to you and says, hey, you know, I kind of have a strange question for you. It's kind of kind of out, out of the blue, but my sisters and I... Uh, have been saving for 10 years. We've never done this before, but we're having a sister trip. We've been saving money. My sisters and I are going to New York. We're just having a weekend away in New York. And I was, I was just kind of, I, I was thinking, here's, well, here, okay, here's what I was thinking. I was wondering if, if, you know, that handbag, I was wondering, is there any way that I could take the, the, the handbag with me on the sister trip to, to New York? Let me ask you something, ladies. Would you loan it? Would you? Okay. <laughs> Once again, you don't have to respond out loud, but <laughs> thanks for playing. Uh, find out who the Christians are and who the Christians, you know, where they're at. Just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. Uh, would you like, okay, let's leave it there, okay? Uh, well, I don't want to leave the guys out, though. Guys, let's say you get these. Oh, I know, I know. You know where I'm going with this, and... You get these ping golf clubs, and, you know, it's cold during Christmas, so you're hitting the ball around, little golf balls, you know, plastic ones in the house, and finally the weather breaks in February, and so you're out in your front yard, and you've got one of the wedges, and you're hitting golf balls around in a little bit of grass in the front yard, and one of your neighbors, she's out there in the front yard in February with your ping golf clubs, and your neighbor kind of comes out and comes over to you and says, hey, those, uh, that, that, uh, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's a nice set of golf clubs there you got there. You know, um, I, I've been thinking about learning how to play golf. <laughs> you think there's any way I can maybe use your clubs this spring to learn how to play golf? And I know a lot of you guys are thinking, you want to use my pings to learn how to play golf? No, that's what Craigslist is for, buddy, right? Okay, you got to go to Craigslist. You know, here's the question, guys. Would you loan it? Uh, would, would you loan it? Would you loan your pin clubs? And here's why I bring up all this, just to drill down into our attitudes of the stuff we have. Here's what I'd say if you're taking notes. If you can't loan it, don't own it. If you can't loan it, don't own it. Because here's what I'd say, Parkview, to you and to me. If you can't loan it, you don't own it. It already owns you. It already owns me. If there's things in my life from God's perspective, if there's things in my life that I love so much that I can't let anybody share it, that I can't let anybody borrow it, that I can't let anybody enjoy it other than me, then, then that's, that's a problem in my life. I've missed God's mindset when it comes to our resources. Another thing that I've learned about sharing things that God has shared with us, and that, and that is it. this, again, if you're taking notes, is that God resources those who resource his kingdom. As we share things with others, God continues to share things with us. God resources those who resource his kingdom. God is actually looking for people who will be conduits for his resources and share with others what he has shared with us. That's his mindset on our bank account, our stuff, our resources. Around here at Parkview, the last 
several months, we've been in this Daring Faith campaign, and uh, many, many of us have said we're going to you know, uh, increase our generosity. We're going to plant more seeds, hoping we can get a greater harvest, a more generous crop. And uh, I just want to share with you a few things that have happened because so many of you are sharing what God has shared with you with others. First of all, we've been able to make more room at the Homer campus, which is fantastic because more people can come and experience Jesus there. Because of our generosity, we've been able to help expand that place as well. Did you know that we've also trained and graduated 300 pastors in Malawi? Just, that's pretty amazing, isn't it? 300! That's a lot of pastors. Can you imagine the difference they're going to make in that, in that city, in that country, in that nation? And also, how many of you know we're just a few weeks away from the new Linux campus? The new Linux campus is getting ready to open up. It's going to be awesome. Amen. It's going to happen here around the uh, uh, Christmas Eve services. And, and just all of these things are happening. The reason this happens is because so many have the perspective of what God has shared with me, I'm going to share with others. And I want you to know that God resources those who resource his kingdom. It's just the way he works. God wants us, listen to this, no doubt God wants you to enjoy the things that he's given to you. Don't feel bad about those blessings. Enjoy them. But God also wants us to share the stuff that he's given to us. But then here's that last thing, that relationship I had with Eric and, and that we have with God is that he wants us at times to return. He wants us to return what God has given to you. Remember again how Eric had the key and had the beach, beach house and when he needed the key back, he said, I, I'm going to redeploy some of my resources. I need it back. And so I, I gave him the key back. And at times God asks us to return a portion of what he's given to us back to him. And the reason God says that, the reason God wants us to return to him, you, you understand this, right? Isn't because like God is hurting. It's not because God's going, man, it's been a tough month. I, you know, 2016 has been brutal. I need you to talk to him, Todd. I need you to try and get some resources back. No, no, it's not it. It's not that God's going bankrupt. The reason God asks us to return to him resources from our bank account is because it illuminates who we trust. Where do we have our trust? Is it in our stuff, in our bank account, or is it in God who provides for us? That's why he asks us to return, to just remember who it is we're trusting to take care of us. There's a story in the Bible in Luke chapter 12, and <clears throat> we're going to read this and wrap things up with this in our study today. Luke chapter 12, Jesus is speaking to a large group of people, lots of people following him around, and he starts to tell this story about this really wealthy, really prosperous guy. And as I read this story in Luke chapter 12, I want you to notice how many times this guy uses the word I or my as he's talking. Luke chapter 12, starting in verse 16. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. And he thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. And then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and I'll build bigger ones and there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy and eat and drink and be merry. Now pause right there for just a moment. In just those four verses, this guy uses the word I or my 11 times. 11 times in just four verses. He thought, here's what he thought. Here's what his perspective he thought his barns were all about him. I'm going to build them up. I'm going to get more. My barns, my bank account, the, modern, the, the equivalent to a bank account, was all about him. That was his perspective. But in the very next verse, this is kind of a unique place in the Bible, in the very next verse, we get God's perspective on this guy's perspective. 
Verse 20, but God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? God says, listen, listen, that is not, that's just not the right perspective. It's not about just building bigger barns and building bigger barns, and then you can just take life easy and eat and drink and be merry for the rest of your life. That is the wrong perspective when it comes to your stuff and your resources. You're, you're being foolish. And then Jesus wraps up the whole story in the very next verse, verse 21. This is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself but is not rich towards God. This is how it's going to be for anyone who stores up things for themselves but is not rich towards God. I want you to see that last section there. It's how it's going to be for anybody, but stores up things for himself, but is not rich towards God. And here's what I want to be sure that you see this part of you in, in this study uh, today concerning our things and our bank accounts and our stuff and our, our resources. The problem with this God, Jesus says, is not that he's rich. The problem is that he's not rich towards who? Towards God. The problem isn't that he's wealthy. The problem isn't that he's blessed. The problem is that he's not rich towards God. God. He put his trust in his barns rather than God. Man, I'm going to do all this. I'm going to get enough. I'm going to be good. I'm going to be able to just take life easy. He put his trust in his barns, which is like the modern day bank account for us rather than God. And as I've been thinking about this and praying about this, you know, I think for us, Parkview, as we just kind of pull this all together today, <clears throat> it's so easy to do. Whether we think it this way or not, it's so easy for me to do. It's so easy to love our bank account. Or maybe we don't say love. Maybe we don't use the word, I love my bank account. But it's so easy for me to value my bank account or prize my bank account so much that all I do is, is, is I want more and more and more in my bank account. So much so that I can't enjoy it. I don't share it. And I, can't, and I don't really return any of it back to God. That can so easily happen in our lives. And here's what I want to say to you all and, and to myself. Believe me, I'm, I'm, I'm in on this. Here's the thing. If our bank accounts, if all our bank accounts do is get bigger and bigger and bigger and they're never a blessing to us, to others, and back to God and his kingdom, then we have completely missed God's mindset when it comes to money and resources and stuff. In fact, if, if you're taking notes still today, here's kind of the last next step and takeaway. Which area needs the most attention in your life? Of these things we've talked about today, kind of recalibrating ourselves to God's perspective, which one of these things would need the most attention in your life that you could work on over the next week or two or three? Enjoying stuff, sharing stuff, returning stuff back to God. Maybe you'd say, Todd, it's, it's, it's the enjoying part. I have a problem enjoying things. Maybe, are you one of those types of people who has so many blessings, but you have a problem just having even time to enjoy those blessings? Do you ever get so busy living in the future that you can't enjoy the now? Maybe this, maybe this is your commitment. You say, you know what, it's, it's Thanksgiving time. Thanksgiving's coming up, and I've been so blessed. Are you going to enjoy your kids this year? Are you going to enjoy your grandkids? Are you going to enjoy the house that you have, the food that you have? the TV that God has blessed you with for football and all that kind of stuff. Listen, maybe this year you just say, you know what, here's, here's my thing. Todd, here's the deal. I'm just, I'm just I'm going to enjoy Thanksgiving, man. I'm going to be thankful to God and, and really enjoy that stuff. Maybe it's sharing. Maybe it's been a long time since you shared anything with your family or, or people you know or maybe even people you don't know. Maybe you say, I, I need to be more generous and share with some people this Thanksgiving Christmas season. Or maybe it's returning to God. 
giving a portion of what he's given back to you and his kingdom, his church, so that we can continue to be about reaching people for Jesus in this community. I know I think a lot of times with returning, we say, you know what, Todd, here's the deal. I'm going to return. I'm going to be a big-time returner. As soon as I get more in my account, I'm going to be returning. I mean, when my account grows, I'm, I'm so returning. I'm going to dazzle you with my returning abilities when I get more in my account. But listen, it, it, listen, most of the time, it's not about the amount we have. It's about a mindset, isn't it? It's about a mindset of where I am with, with my resources, my money, my stuff. So here's what I would say, Parkview. Um, if you and I will begin to enjoy more, share more, and return more, that will give us the, the mindset and the proper perspective on our bank account, and we'll be able to love it without having just tons more in it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. God, thanks for today. Thanks for the opportunity we have to come and, and to sing and, and to study your word and, and just to see how applicable it is to our lives and just where we live right, right now. And, and God, I do just pray that uh, as we come into this holiday, Thanksgiving, Christmas season, that we would just take a real special inventory of where we stand concerning our stuff and that we would pick out one of these things to really work on, enjoying more, sharing more, or returning some resources back to you. And God, as we do that, I pray that you would begin to refresh our minds, transform our minds, to see our resources in a whole new way, a way that looks a lot like the way you view them. God, thanks for this time today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.